Aspiring Headliner with QSC. Today we're welcoming Lupin onto the show, so welcome. How are you, Lupin? Doing great. I've just gotten up, so uh, I'm just getting started with my day, and uh, this is the best way I can think to start it. Nice. <laughs> uh, where are we speaking to you from? Uh, I'm in Minnesota right now. Mm, okay, what's it like there? It's pretty cold, honestly. I think it's like 30-ish degrees. Um, there's some snow on the ground. Uh, nice. Not, not bad. Not Well, more exciting than here, I can tell you. We just have grey. That's it. There are no other variations. <laughs> so um, yeah. so um, what, what has this year been like for you? I'm guessing your plans must have been changed probably last minute or, you know, tours cancelled, all that sort of thing. So what's it been like for you? Um, it's definitely been strange. Uh, I've basically like been on tour for the past, like six years, pretty relentlessly with my band hippocampus. Like I was never home for more than two months. Um, so yeah, it's just been weird not to tour. I'm, I'm not used to being home, uh, for this long. Also like putting out a record has been really strange during this time. Cause I feel like touring allows you to like, see how that music is connecting with people um like on a very human level like if you don't have that you're just kind of looking at spotify numbers and other things to sort of decide how your music is doing so to debut this project like in a pandemic has been really strange um but there's been positives to it as well i've been able to like write music and um spend more time on like learning production and and collaborating with people in my hometown so that's been nice but overall just strange Mm, so what um what is it like to release music in a pandemic um i think that's a great question um i do think it's just harder overall like i was saying like you just can't see kids like at your shows like screaming the music back at you you know like that's kind of like why we do this is for that human connection to your music like working in that human to human way um, I feel like when you're releasing music in a pandemic, it just kind of feels like you're releasing it into the ether, you know? But you spent all this time on it, you released it, and then, like, you only get to, like, ride the wave, like, the high for, like, maybe a month. Because um, you don't get to, like, tour and, and constantly, like, be out there pushing it, you know? Mm, yeah, must be completely different then. Um, and just going back a little bit then, just to learn a little bit more about you as an artist. So what were your musical influences when you were growing up, and how about now? Um, I'm super happy since growing up were pretty ridiculous. Um, I started learning music in this program called School of Rock. Um, that, like, basically teaches kids 8 to 18, like, rock music to start off, and they kind of, like, put you on stage and teach you to perform. And so, like, the early music that I was learning was, like, hair metal. So I was listening to, like, Van Halen and Johnson Reses, um, and, like, ACDC and, and music like that. So, I was playing in bands like that before I was kind of ever into indie rock. I was in like this cover band that would play three hour sets at bars when I was like 14. So from like 14 to 17, I was just playing like rock music. Um, then like junior year of high school, I started, I started getting into indie music. And then from then on, I kind of went deep down the rabbit hole of that. 
Okay, cool. Bit of a bit of a mix then. And clearly from a young age as well, you were doing a lot of musical stuff. So you must have always known it was kind of uh, in the stars, as it were. Is that? Did you ever think about doing anything else at one point? Alternative career or something? Um, yeah, I definitely thought about doing other things. But um, my mom was a singer, so she like toured for 10 years and sang cover music. And my, my grandpa and my grandma were both musicians. My grandpa was a music teacher and... Um, a pianist and my grandma like played played bass and like still performs in like the the senior home circuit, which is hilarious. Um, so it's 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 kind of been in my blood. I think for a long time when I was in high school, I I wanted a career that was a, a bit more stable. So I would constantly kind of like push off music, but it just got to a point when I was in college where um, nothing was kind of satisfying me in the same way. So I was like, I, I think I kind of have to do this. I think it's in my blood. Sort of. Okay, fair enough. And what were you doing at college? Um, I was studying speech, language, and hearing science. So my goal was to kind of be like a speech pathologist. It was sort of the closest I could get to like using my voice uh, without like being a musician. <laughs> Just like a cop out, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Okay, did you finish your course or did you just ditch it for music in the end? No, no, I dropped out. I remember I remember being in philosophy class and getting an email that was like our first tour offer. And um, I like walked out of the class and called my mom and I was like, hey mom, I got a tour offer. I'm going to drop out of college. <laughs> <laughs> and what was and her she reaction? Had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, heart attack, but we talked about it, and she's like, all right, like, we have this offer, like, let's try it out. And then about, like, a month and a half later, we were on counting, and my mom was, like, excited about it, so it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's lucky for you. Uh, she might have had words with you otherwise. And <laughs> So you said um, earlier about um, Hippocampus, so a lot of people know you as the vocalist from that band, obviously. So tell us a bit about that and um, that period of your life when you were working with those guys. Yeah, I mean, we started that band in 2013, right as we were graduating high school. We were in, like, two separate bands. Um, they used to kind of, like, compete uh, for, like, kids' attention in high school, essentially. Um, and all of our other members went off to college. We were, we were left with each other. And, um, yeah, we've just been writing music ever since. Uh, and we've, like, toured together. And it's just been amazing. Like, I love those guys. They're my family. Um, but I kind of like only knew being in a band. I only knew that way of making music because ever since I was young, I was always in bands. I'd never kind of made music on my own. Um, and I think after we made that record, Bambi, I, I started getting into production and recording more. So I was recording a lot of demos and stuff on my own. Um, in addition to like for that record, we did a lot of individual writing. Um, so I wanted to explore kind of making music on my own for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of a scary thing to do because I'd always like had, you know, I my guys to kind of like back me up in it. Um, but I think like overall doing this has made me like a better band member and um, working at campus is a lot easier now. Okay, and obviously now you're focusing on your solo material and you've got your self-titled debut album, so it's quite separate from your Hippocampus stuff, isn't it? So was that a conscious choice to do something completely different from your previous music and step out on your own? Yeah, yeah. I think, like, if you listen to Hippocampus, like, if you listen to, like, Bambi, for example, I think you could kind of start to hear where where my mind was headed um, with this record. Um, 
I think BJ and I, um, with the hippo stuff, we always kind of wanted to like push it into a bit crazier sonic territory, but because of like the expectations of hippocampus and that we were like a rock band playing live shows, we always had to rein in the production a bit. Um, so I think for this loop and record, we just wanted to kind of make it as ridiculous and crazy as possible. Um, so that's why it sounds like kind of the fullest extent of what Bambi was kind of like hinting at production wise. Mm-hmm. And the album as well, it's got a much more um, candid approach to songwriting, whereas with your bandmates, it was more about, you know, your shared experiences. So what has it been like to reveal more about yourself on this album? Um, it's been really healthy. It's definitely been um, scary. I, I think the scariest part is sort of like talking about it in interviews. I think it was like easier in the band because I could be like, we all like have this thing or we all are this, you know, with with this record, like when I have to talk about it now, it's like, oh, well, I had this like kind of painful experience and now I, I have to discuss it. But I think it's been a good exercise and I think it's made made me a better songwriter. Like my priority now as a writer is to really kind of like focus on myself personally and kind of like speaking more plainly i think it's easy for writers to sort of hide behind kind of vagueness um i don't know it's just something that i want to i want to work on in the future Mm, but you've been well really specific on this haven't you because um i know you've written about things like health scares you know breakups you know it's not very it's not an abstract concept is it um do you do you find that you tend to draw from your own personal experience now and do you find that that sort of creates more interesting songs do you think yeah yeah i i just feel a lot more comfortable with myself now it's like i I listen back to some of the early hippocampus recordings and and i could really hear like how uncomfortable i was with myself like as a human being (laughs) you know like that's why i was kind of like so vague is like because there's like insecurity i I was even watching some like early live videos the other day just trying to like relive some of the experiences i'm like wow like that guy like does not know who he is you know, and I feel like I went through a really intense breakup um, as I was writing this loop and record, and that that kind of like changed me as a person and kind of helped me discover who I was again. Um, in addition to making this record, so I think there's just like I think writing like that like brings or writing from more vulnerable place just brings like confidence as a human being, and like that's all we kind of want in our artists. You know, is like someone who's confident and someone who like believes in what they have to say. And that's what I, how I feel like I've improved as a writer with this record and kind of the music I've been working on um, since. Okay, totally. And um, the song, I saw the song Vampire. So that was written after a CT scan. So it's getting quite serious now, just to warn our listeners here. So it revealed a sort of an abnormal mass on your brain and you left, you were kind of under the impression that you were going to die. So you, this obviously came and you put this experience into a song. So... The things you claim that you knew had taken flight A gypsy remedy for something cause of strife Familiar echoes want from the past life You got ambition, baby, I can admire that You say you love me when there's nobody loving back Call me a criminal, I'm wearing the mask tonight Tell us about, you know, this song and this how this traumatic experience found its way into the song. Was it Was it hard to put pen to paper for this one? Um, maybe a bit. A lot of my writing is, like, very, like, subconscious. Um, I, like, 
sit down and I, I don't really like have a concept. I just kind of like pick up the guitar and kind of start mumbling and then, and then I'll kind of like write words. Um, so it's usually not, not tough to sit down and like write a song like that. Cause I don't really realize it's about that until after I've already written it. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually the most surprising part is after I've kind of written a full song, I could really kind of understand like, Oh, this is, this is what it's about, you know? Um, or maybe halfway through or whatever. So it was like, it was a strange time. Like I was on tour when I wrote the song, I, there was about like three months of scans that I had to get where for like two and a half of those months, doctors were like, we really don't know what it is. It's either Parkinson's, MS, Gehrig's, brain cancer, or it's just kind of like a benign lump. Um, yeah. All the while I was like playing shows, we've like played Bonnaroo, which is like one of our biggest shows ever. Um, and I just remember like walking off stage and just kind of like breaking down after that. It was just like a really, really dark period. The song is essentially just about me sort of like giving into that darkness instead of like, you know, trying to see the positive light, just like kind of like fully collapsing into it. I feel like I just kind of like went down that rabbit hole super hard. Um, I wasn't really like a good person at that time. Um, but everything ended up working out like the, the, I still have to get a check every six months, but doctors like believe that it's a, a benign thing. So. Oh, okay. I'm really relieved <laughs> provide, after that story. That. that would have been a horrible end yeah, to yeah. 2020. We can't take any more. Thank <sighs> God you're all right. Exactly. We can't take no more. So things get better. It was a really dark time, um, but I was, I was kind of able to pull myself out of it. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Very glad to hear that. And um, another song, another tough subject. So the song Lazy deals with the way depression destroys the self-image and, you know, the way of struggling to build up a support system after a breakup, you know, two difficult um, subjects there. So you're not shying away from those again. So do you find it quite cathartic, do you think, to put these experiences into song form or was this another one where you kind of almost didn't really know what you're writing about until you looks back on it after. I think it is cathartic. I mean, it's sort of like, I, I don't really see a therapist or anything. I don't, I don't really take drugs for um, anything. Like I, I, I just use music as that vehicle. I mean, I, I sort of see it like walking into a therapy session and just starting to talk about your feelings. You know, that's kind of what I do with the song. And that's why well, I say it's kind of a subconscious process. Cause I just am kind of like venting, you know, through, through songwriting um that was like writing about depression like always kind of helped me and it sort of helped me like realize that i even had it in the first place like kind of writing bambi i was like man i'm really writing about all these like heavy things and i just kind of like can't get out of it and just the way i was writing about it and describing this i was like wow this sounds like depression you know like lazy deals with that too like that whole idea that you just like can't physically like bring yourself to like Mm -hmm ask for help you know you're just kind of like stuck in this like thing it's almost like a sickness or whatever um yeah so i mean it was it was a tough song to write but it definitely like helped me through this whole record like honestly like saved my life through that whole breakup amazing and i'm guessing it's cheaper than therapy as well what do you say i'm guessing it's cheaper than therapy as well unless you're renting out a studio of course you gotta yeah. wear it up. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the you know the health health insurance in the US, yes, it is it is cheaper. <laughs> oh yeah, I have heard about that. To be fair, um, moving on to yeah. uh, more simple things. Um, so the album uh, was produced by BJ Burton. So he's the right hand man of Bon Iver and producer for Charlie XCX. Um, so what was it like to work with him? Um, it was great. Yeah, BJ is awesome. We we had worked together on the past two Hippocampus records as well. So he made Landmark and and Bambi with us. Um, yeah, he's amazing. A really really intense uh, presence and producer. I think like we were we were twenty when we met BJ, and you know we were kind of full of ourselves, and we were cocky because you know we could like play our instruments really well. Like no one ever really like challenged us, and then BJ kind of came in and was like, "You guys suck." <laughs> He's like Gosh. ripped us apart in, in a great in a great way. Um, and I think like working with Hippocampus, like it was always like a bit challenging just because he was so demanding and tough. But I always kind of like vibes with that energy. Um, so when I came time to make this record, like we were both like really tough on each other, and but but it worked out in a great way. Mm-hmm. And um, the album, so that sort of nods to the 80th synth sound, 80 synth sound, easy for me to say. Um, and it's got, you know, a lot of synth and programming work from Buddy Ross. So he's one of Frank Ocean's collaborators. And he's also worked with Troy Savant, Haim, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. And it also had additions from Jim E. Stack, who's also worked with Haim or Haim. I'm not sure how I'm pronouncing that now, to be honest. I'm changing it as I'm going along. But um, so what was it like to work with, um, with those guys? And what did they bring? to the project and the overall sound of the album. They were great. Yeah. Those guys brought like a, a very specific sound, uh, to the tracks they worked on, Buddy worked on, um, KO kid and he played, um, the solo on that as well as he, he worked on the song Harbor. So he did some synths for that. Um, he's just an incredible player and a musician. He was like hanging out at BJ's, um, during that time they were working on, uh, music for the artist Banks. Um, so we kind of like traded. I played guitar in a bank song that Buddy was working on, and he and he played some synth online. So I've always been a fan of his, his stuff. So it was like an honor. And same with Jimmy. Like Jimmy's work with like Caroline Polachek and stuff. I've always been fans of. And he was just hanging out at BJ's, and he heard Lazy and was like, "Oh, I want to throw some stuff at that." And I was like, "Awesome." Um, so yeah, it was all like kind of like spur of the moment collaboration. Um, the only person who really kind of like collaborated on the whole record was um, Caleb Hins, who's uh, like one of my best friends and also a, a person who I've like co-produced a lot of music with. Um, and me, him and BJ were kind of like the force or the kind of like creative force of the whole like overall record, the production on the whole record. Mm. And did you do the record remotely or was this done before COVID? This is done before COVID. This was done like a year before COVID. So I've been I've been sitting sitting with this music for for a long time. Mm, okay. So why did you decide to release it when you did? If it's done, or did did it just need you know producing and polishing and all that side of things? Um, it did need some polishing. Like we spent time mixing it. Like PJ and I would both work on it in the gaps between what we were doing. And I mean, the year I made it, I played 112 shows. So I was like on tour oh. nonstop. Slightly busy then, um, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So I'd have to kind of like wait until gaps and then I'd fly out to LA to work with BJ or we'd hang out in Minnesota when he was there. Um, and then, yeah, I just took kind of a year of like collecting content and like uh, I wanted to, to to wait for the right time to like put it out. Hippocampus was going to take a year break from touring and I was going to put this out and like hit the road and then, you know, 
obviously things hit the fan <laughs> instead. Yeah. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so do you have any advice that you've picked up so far for any, you know, aspiring artists out there that want to get making their own music or set about, you know, finding their sound or touring? Just have you picked up any key bits, even if they seem super obvious, like any bits of advice you'd give to anyone listening? Um, I think just like having confidence in yourself to like do it on your own. I think that a lot of things, with making music can seem very can seem very daunting like recording or anything else like buy a laptop and just like start recording music and like kind of teach yourself and figure it out like if i could figure it out you could figure it out um (laughs) yeah it's just it's not that daunting it's very feasible you can make cool stuff you just gotta kind of like start doing it and just keep doing it okay no that does sound like good advice to be fair um a lot of people answer that say it always sounds really super obvious but it's usually really solid advice you know try and stick to your own music find your own sound find out what works for you so yeah that's great um and uh what about i know we're kind of getting to the end of this year now um what are your plans the rest of this year or looking into next year maybe um just a lot of like production work so me and caleb um are have been like working on a bunch of different like production projects um we have another hippocampus album that's like pretty close to being done which i'm really excited about um but we're just kind of waiting until the world gets back to normal to put that out um i have a project called baby boys with some friends that's coming out pretty soon with caleb and, and nathan um it's like really really crazy electronic music with a bunch of like weird video content so i'm excited to put that out um trying to think yeah just like writing more uh probably be some live more live streams eventually that's the the world that we're in right now (laughs) yeah that's i guess all we can do a whole bunch of whole bunch of stuff yeah yeah well it sounds like you're nice and busy and you're ready to adapt you know to the online gigs and all that sort of thing if you need to so that's great i guess it's good that um you've even got the option because just uh don't know what people be doing otherwise uh, to get their music out there and connect with fans so that's amazing um all right well thank you for joining us today lupin it's been so nice to talk to you and we look forward to seeing what you're doing next year and maybe we'll see you on uh, instagram live sometime <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> thanks so much all right thanks so much for your time <laughs> Yeah, see you later. Bye. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.